Welcome to Spiritual Success, the podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Stant. As a dedicated student of metaphysics, I have skillfully honed my intuition, mastered the art of meditation, and cultivated a disciplined spiritual practice that has led me to become a multi-seven-figure top sales producer. Today, I work with thousands of business professionals, entrepreneurs, and their teams to up-level their sales game and create magic in their business and life. On this show, you will see that all success truly happens when you authentically align with your intuition. So come, be vulnerable, be open-minded, and allow success to pour through you here on Spiritual Success. Hello, successful souls. Hello, everybody. I have a super special episode of the Spiritual Success Podcast today for more than one reason. First of all, we are streaming live inside the Spiritual Success Authority Facebook group. So as a valued member of the Facebook group, you get to see these episodes before they even air to the public. I also want to make sure that you get to see us on camera, not just listen to us. So this is live. Whenever we have a guest, it's not scripted. You see us. It's like being a fly on the wall in an amazing conversation about enlightenment, about spiritual journeys, about awakening, about really understanding the road of success, whether it's money, business, relationships, whatever it is. And as I see people coming in now, so definitely understand that when you come join, you can have this as a bonus interact with us, be part of the conversation. I can see the comments. So thank you already. People are saying we look fabulous. (laughs) But the number two reason why this isn't a special episode today is because we have an amazing guest. I'm going to tell you all about her. Buckle up. There's a lot of amazing things to say before we get started. But the first thing is um, we met actually when um, this guest came to one of my paid master classes. It was during the aligning with the frequency of wealth. And when I teach my master classes, I love to be on Zoom because I love to virtually see you face to face, interact with you. I feed off your energy. And we had multiple pages that day of guests. But I remember my eyes just kept like zinging towards this particular woman where her energy, her aura, her posture, I can tell she was really taking in the information. She was giving me the head nods, the the smiles, the the cheesy laughs because I make the silly jokes. But I, I really appreciated her. I felt her energy. And my goodness, her lipstick. Oh, it's popping. It's always popping. She inspired today's look. (laughs) I had to make sure I matched. But today's guest is um, Heidi, love coach Heidi. She is the queen of helping women stand strong and deal with toxic relationships. And she, again, has the most amazing YouTube channel. We're going to make sure that you know how to follow her. Definitely check those out. I have downloaded all of them. I have listened to them because they are so freaking good. But let me go into detail so you know who she is, why she's here, um, and all the amazing things about her. So Heidi Rain is an addiction professional and master codependency coach. She's a creator of attachment personality patterns and the rapid detachment method. Now, her books... Her courses and her programs specialize in codependency, self-love, dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships, and dealing with addiction in the family. Now, her goal is to increase awareness of generational dysfunction through codependency education, fostering personal responsibility through masterful coaching and affecting lasting change by breaking toxic patterns, ending the cycles of dysfunction for good. Now, to further the message, Heidi certifies coaches, therapists, and healers through her training and development company. Empowerment Coach University. Heidi, we're so happy to have you here today. Ah, thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. Hey, you are just a vision with this. I can't. You're just a vision. 
We were talking about it before we got on here. Like a Vogue cover. I can't with you. Yeah. I had to keep up. I knew who my guest was today. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really excited. You and I are going to be spending a lot more time together. Um, I'm super honored to be working with you in your business soon for your VIP day, but just naturally we gravitated. We have a connection call. I mean it. I love connecting with members um, of the spiritual success sorority. I love connecting with you after coming to our master classes. but right away, I just felt the connection. And I think it's important that people realize that even though our focuses are very different, what our expertises are, we both have a very similar passion of helping women. And so for me, I always say my mission in life is to help women to see the possibilities, to have the courage to say yes to themselves and actually do something about it. Now I focus on money and business and, you know, success in different areas, but this is really what your message is too, when it comes to helping women in toxic relationships. Right. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I used to just want to teach relationship stuff, right? That was really, but as I got more and more involved, I saw, man, this thing that's probably most misunderstood and all of our relationship issues are really stemming from this codependency. When I say that, I was like, what's that? I'm not codependent. Or they say, I'm not codependent. I don't need anybody. I'm not a needy, clingy, you know, they have this version in their mind of what they think that it is. And so whether or not we had perfect parents or people that were not firing on all cylinders, we likely picked up how to do love, how to be in relationship. And we're not, you know, who we are, we're who we've needed to be. And so I know you always say, it's not what you do. It's who you are when you do it. Most people don't even know who the hell they are. I know. So it's helping them find that out, right? It's like, who have you been? What's been the purpose of that? Because it's gotten you this far, but it's in my case with the people that I help, it's costing them peace. They're in, they're frustrated. They're resentful. They're angry. They're confused. They're on the fence. They don't know. And these relationships aren't just partnerships. It's not a spouse. It can be a parent. It could be your mom, a toxic mom, a, a parent, an addicted parent, an addicted child. You know, it's, it's a problem. It's a big epidemic and it's more of a problem now than it ever has been in history. So you brought up a very good point. I'd love for you to dive into this. So, you know, I feel like a lot of people are not exactly sure what codependency means. They think they know, but I would love to hear from an expert. What exactly is codependency? Okay. So this is just my perspective. Okay. Uh, but I've studied it for 20 years. Let's qualify. Right. And I've taught it for a decade. Um, when we're born into a family, that is dysfunctional, toxic, smothering, not firing on all cylinders in some way. We were born just, you know, pure, right? But we're born into this family and we survey the land and we go, who do I need to be in order to thrive, survive, connect, or cope in this family dynamic? And we take on a personality. And I call those attachment personality patterns. So we learn, okay, in order to survive in this thing, I need to be the fixer something's falling apart, but I get all my value and I get my attention from running in and and cleaning up the messes. I'm nine going on 40 when I'm a kid. I'm super responsible, right? I learn as a kid, it's not safe to share my feelings. When I share my feelings, they get used against me. We don't show emotion in this household. So I develop a personality of a withholder. I learn in a family that in order for me to be noticed, I have to do everything right and good all the time. Now I have a perfectionist personality. So there are eight different personalities we take on. Those are codependency and they're very, they're all different from a clinger to a withholder and everything in between. 
And it's a way to just, you know what it is? Codependency is a way to function in dysfunction. It's a survival skill. And so, until we, we don't even know we're in survival mode. A lot of us don't know we're impacted. We're like, I got out. Yeah, it was okay. Everybody did the best they could. But how do you know you're codependent? How do you know this is an issue for you? It's probably one of the biggest questions that people have. Am I codependent? Is this a thing? Do I have this? Do I have that? (laughs) Question. So how do you know if you are codependent? I call them the deep six because they're what bury our dreams. They're the hidden things that bury our dreams. And I use an acronym called SISTER with a C because some of our sisters are brothers and cousins. Um, But you know, I'm going to go through them real quick, okay? So you know you have codependency issues if you have control issues. You're codependent if you're control issues. And it's usually all or nothing. You're You're giving up your power and somebody else is in control of you or you're hoarding the power and you won't let somebody come alongside of you. You have an identity crisis. You don't know who you are. That's a codependency issue. You have self-esteem problems, and that's the difference between confidence and self-esteem. I can start, but I can't finish. I don't follow through on things. That's a that's an issue of codependence. Um, trust issues. I overtrust or I under don't trust anybody. That's a codependency issue. Um, emotional regulation. Either we button down, we don't show our emotions, we hoard, we keep them all to ourselves, never let them see you sweat, or we're emotional all over the place. We can't regulate our feelings. We cry at inopportune times, like a business meeting when we're getting correction. We're like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. That's codependency. And uh, responsibility, over-responsibility. I'm the only person I can count on. The world's on my shoulders. Or no responsibility, and we have a rescue fantasy like Cinderella. We're waiting for somebody to come and sweep us up. So if, if any of those resonate, we got some codependence in the house. Yeah, I have a feeling there's quite a few. <laughs> okay, now that's me too. And that's me. And you know, it's so funny. I definitely can relate to so many of these and been there, done that for sure. Um, yeah, a lot of things for me personally had to go very wrong in order to say, I, I have to change this, you know? And I always say, I would love to encourage women to decide now to change this before you wait till you have to do something. So if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, yep. Now that she's made this clear, I can resonate that, you know, perhaps I am a little bit more codependent than I thought I was. So what can I do to stop being so codependent? And I'm sure it's not a silver bullet and a quick, like, oh, hear this advice and go apply it and you're done. But what is your advice and how do you work with your clients to overcome codependency? The very first thing that they have to do is to have that awareness. You really cannot heal what you don't see. And a lot of us are very good. We're fixers. A lot of codependents are fixers. They're really good at seeing everybody else, but a light can't shine on itself. And so they have a hard time seeing what's going on within them. And so what we do is we help them first identify what their codependency pattern is. We have a whole system and I've created this, this system that they not only identify their area of codependence, but the exact behaviors that they personally engage in, in their codependency and how those create emotional dysregulation issues. So I, I have this gift that um, everybody has a spiritual gift. Mine is a gift of knowing it's a wisdom gift and it's a gift of discernment. So when I, when people come to me, they're able to tell me what's happening with them. And it's like a beautiful mind, all the numbers float forward and I'm able to connect all the dots for them in a way, understand themselves in a way they have never done it before, see things in a way. So like us, we that are seers can give people that perspective. And that's, that's the number one thing. And everybody that has gone through this process, 
that's what they rave about is just the enlightenment, just being able to see what's going on, you know, but then yes, seeing is one thing, greatest gap in life between knowing and doing right. Then we have to walk our way. So a lot of people say, well, what's the solution to codependence? Self-love. I just got to love myself, but they don't know what that means. They think it's a bath bomb. They think it's a manicure. You know, they think it's like self-care routines and really how you uncover, how you overcome codependence is a different kind of self-love. It's learning how to speak your truth and find it, how to set and hold your boundaries, how to pursue your own needs and desires without permission seeking from other people and figure out what those needs and desires are. It's kind of like we uproot the old system and grow new roots. And what we're doing is these roots are like speaking my truth, cultivating a uh, feeling of enoughness, knowing how to live in the present moment, be comfortable in my own skin, no matter what's going on outside of me. So it's a system, you know, I'm a systems girl. I don't want somebody just tell me, well, just love yourself. <laughs> okay. Just do an affirmation. <laughs> no, I, I need to like, what, like show me how to do it. Right. So I, that's how I work. So I, I, I show people the system. I love that. Now, see, that's why I love you. And I knew I was going to love you. First of all, the first step you said is to acknowledge it. That's what we always say. Acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Acknowledge that your past does not define you, but it is your story. And it's through bringing awareness to it that you can embrace what's actually happening. Lift the veil and see what's happening in front of you right now as an opportunity to say yes. But don't just take information, actually have transformation. Do something about it. Make a shift, pivot. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome, right? So seeing it through. Again, we vibe on that. I also say, and I ask all the time, three important questions. Who are you? Who do you want to be? And why is there a difference? My job is to help women to see that difference, understand that it's all bullshit stories and lies that they have accepted as truth, but to realize that that end result, you can be her now and you just decide, like you just decide. But I mean, it doesn't mean that that coding and that programming and all that doesn't exist. It's not just like- We do the rewiring. So basically it's like, so this is real, right? A lot of people that I help have significant or, or big trauma, little trauma. They have things in their life, experiences that they've had where I, I tell you, I haven't, I haven't run into a, a person that's not strong. Okay. They're strong. They're overcomers. They're climbers. They're able to do things, but underneath they wonder why there's still this feeling of lack unfulfillment and unsettledness and this feeling of never quite enoughness. So they're always climbing. They're always striving and it's a never empty hole. And, and so what we want to do is seek true fulfillment, find out what that is. So my thing is know yourself, be yourself, love yourself. You know, that old ancient wisdom, which is like step one, we got to figure out who the heck we are. And there's a, there's a way, there's a way to do it. You know, what you, one of the reasons I was so attracted to you when I first um, saw you, and this is way back in your previous life, yeah. where I would be like, who's that? I need to, what's this girl doing? You know? And I was like really into it. And I thought, but then when I listened to your message, this inner feminine beast, you know, as a person, I, I incorporate a lot of spirituality and um, into my, into my practice. I, I, I consider myself like um, a Christian Taoist. If there is such a thing, yeah. I've invented it and that's what I am. Um, but inner feminine beast is yin and yang. And it's the middle, it's the middle way. It's the centerpiece. It's what the Taoist called Wu Wei. Inner feminine beast is what's called Wu Wei. And we are all striving for that Wu Wei, that perfect balance between these energies and knowing how to cultivate and harness but most of us can't even, we're, we're still in this place of like living our lives for other people, yeah. you know? 
so obsessed with having them be okay and them be all right. And then I'll be okay. Then I can focus on myself. And that's the biggest crock of all time runs out and you do it, you know, you know what, um, this is perfect timing because as we're recording this live, um, with my clients and spiritual success experience, we are going through mastering relationships. And of course the first session that we had was the relationship with her, your inner fun and beast. And then we're not going to just talk about love and romance. I know everybody's excited about that. But last night we had a very vulnerable, open discussion about relationships with family, with our friends. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came up that we really dug deep into is understanding and applying boundaries. Just as you were saying, like my entire life growing up, I'm the baby of seven years. Okay. Like the next oldest person is seven years. Um, (laughs) I actually have a video that I showed my husband and it's so funny. Um, I'm in a high chair and I'm wearing glasses, sunglasses, and they're shaped like little stars. And I drop my bottle and somebody runs and picks it up for me and I'm being videotaped and everyone's like, Cindy, Cindy. Okay. First of all, I'm Cynthia. Don't call me Cindy. That was when I was little, but Cindy, Cindy and Polaroid pictures are going off like, psh, psh, psh. and my husband's like, is that your birthday? I was like, no, that's a Tuesday. Like, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> that's a Tuesday. Like that's how it was growing up because I was the baby. So my entire life, my family was right. My, no matter what they said, I like, you know, everything was peaceful. Everything was normal. If they told me to do it, I said, yes. But then I became a woman and I kept having different ideas and wanting to move and start, you know, being an entrepreneur and all these things. And nobody agreed with it. And it was called so much turmoil and heartache. And I had to figure out how to be myself and create these boundaries. So this was a big topic last night. I'd love to know, you know, more about how you help your client with boundaries. I'd love to hear that. So these, these, these people that come into the program, I mean, I help women and men, you know, I equally believe it or not, like it's, it's interesting, but their boundaries are like, how do I set a boundary with a toxic mother that not just agreeing, but that is really judgmental is overbearing is, is hypercritical or is abusive in some way, or I'm in a relationship with an addict and alcoholic. How do I set a boundary around that? Mm. Or my child is addicted. How do I set a boundary around that? So these are the questions that they're coming in with. So, and I give them the formula, right? We get the, we get the formula and anybody can Google a formula and you can set a boundary formula, but yeah. you and I both know what's the hardest part about a boundary is the follow through. Yep. And it's in that lack of love of self and that we need to cultivate that so that they can feel rooted enough to deal with the fallout of the boundary. We're so afraid they're going to take their love away. They're going to stop, you know, pr- approving of us. They're already not approving. It's already not the most loving relationship, right? But we tell the story of what's going to happen when we set the boundary. There's so much guilt. There's shame that can be with it. And so when I, I treat the whole, the whole problem and all the aspects, it's not just like, it's how do you, how do you continue to be okay? I set a boundary. I had a toxic uh, mom who I grew up uh, in a really abusive household, physically violent, verbally abusive. I was pulled from room to room by my hair. My head was banged off of walls. I was, and trigger alert, okay? I was behind closed doors, rocking back and forth like an asylum patient, just praying that I would escape one day and how I would get out, you know? And I remember as an adult still being in relationship with her and wanting to walk that in between. How do I have a relationship with her but not subject myself to her? And that was really the birth of helping other people navigate this really tough situation is like, how do I, how do I rise up when every, when I'm being literally beat down, emotionally beat down? So boundaries are my everything, 
You know, I mean, that's finding yourself. And, but I was my mom in particular, um, sometimes that works, you know, sometimes you're able to set a boundary and follow through and have it work and people can respect your boundaries, but sometimes you're dealing with somebody so toxic that boundaries aren't about, and boundaries are never about a manipulation, like an ultimatum. I'm going to get you to change is to protect ourselves. And sometimes the boundary is just leaving is releasing the hostage. As I call it, I'm holding you hostage to be a mother, but I have a a Joyce. I'm holding you hostage to be a husband, but I have a Rick, you know? So that's, that's a big radical acceptance and understanding replaces forgiveness inside of my program. I think forgiveness is great. And we'll leave it to the Lord, but I'm going to aim for understanding and acceptance. And I'm going to see people so clearly that there's no confusion that I need to take it personally anymore. We're going to depersonalize people's behavior. And that's how you're able to set a boundaries. Like I'm just, I'm going to, you know, raise my standards of what I'm going to tolerate and accept. Yeah. I go first and everybody responds. And I, I really do feel too, that everybody's doing the best they can at the conscious level that they are at. And what happens is when you're a metaphysical woman, when you're an intuitive woman, and when you have a purpose to fulfill, naturally your consciousness is going to raise, like your awareness expands and not everybody is doing the same. And that becomes very hard. Sometimes it gets lonely up top when you have this big awareness. And so it's just remembering that you know, when you create boundaries, I feel like it's actually you being more generous than anything. It's because when I'm with you, then I'm actually with you. And then I can protect myself rather than allowing myself to be sloppy and to be fading and to be drained by everyone else. But, um, no, well, I think- another thing too, something you said is really important, you know, and it is true. People do the best they can with what they have. And sometimes the people that were victimized by that, you know, by somebody's best they could don't understand the lasting impact, even though we can say you did the best you could, they did the best they could, but I'm still over here with shrapnel from that war, right? I'm still over here with the impact and the fallout of that. And, and that's the responsibility. It's like that old saying, like you didn't create the trauma, but it's your responsibility to heal it. You know? So although they did the best they could, if we're struggling if we're struggling with those trust issues or with that esteem to see it through the whole way, we stop, we start, we, we peter out when it comes to like pulling the trigger and take the next step and leap of faith and act from where who we want to be instead of who we are and do all those things you're always encouraging. That's still shrapnel. Yeah. That's, that's real. That is the fallout of whatever experience that was who did the best they could. I don't think it means as like from the human ego that they did the best they could. I mean, like, I don't think anybody wakes up saying I want to be an abusive, terrible mother today. I hope I'm total bitch and the tons of people hate me. And I hurt a lot of people. Like, I don't think people consciously choose that or even see that for themselves. And when you become aware that that person doesn't understand it's different, but yeah, like you still have to identify that you have the choice. Like you get to see who is the, I'm the director of my life. I hire the actors. I fire the actors and I'm going to pick the leading ladies and the leading men. And, and this is my show. Nobody else says cut. Nobody else says take two. Like that's my job. And that's not easy when we've never been taught that or shown that or even given that thought. And so empowering women to understand that they can, and that they can create boundaries. Um, creating boundaries has healed every relationship that I've had. And there's particular relationships I really wanted to talk about today that I know are personal for you. So you were sharing a lot about with your mother, but also I know I I have a feeling it's a personal story, but I'd love for you to um, um, share more about it. But you work with a lot of your clients who have, you know, addiction as part of their family upbringing, whether it is, you know, their spouse or their parents when they were growing up, or even like their children. So would you be open about sharing any personal stories that you have and how you help your clients, particularly with anybody who's going through addiction? 
Yeah. So I help them in every stage, whether they grew up in addiction, there is this, the fallout, right? The shrapnel where they're currently engaging with somebody who is an addiction. I grew up, you know, with an abusive parent and an alcoholic father. Yeah. So he was an alcoholic and he was one of those functioning alcoholics, which just meant he saved his drinking when he came home, you know, yeah. but it was still wildly inappropriate. You know, he never really did anything to me, but he kind of made me feel like I needed to lock my door at night. You know, he'd, he'd yeah. cross those boundaries, you know, and, and be a little inappropriate and kind of, you know, it was concerning. And I, I just remember thinking, man, how can I control this? You know, that that's when those personality patterns are really born. And as a little girl, I remember my dad used to drive everywhere drunk. He never went anywhere without a beer between his legs, you know, and he would just drink and drive constantly. But I invented a little game. I'd sit behind him with a steering wheel and, you know, imaginary brake and gas. And I'd drive the car and peer over his shoulder, five years old. And when I would turn, the car would turn. And I thought as a five-year-old, I controlled the universe. So I'd dump out bottles. I'd fill them up with water. I'd line them to see how much he was drinking. I'd line up the beer cans so he could see, you know, I'd do so many things. And I took that control into my adult life. And I, I was trying to control everything in my adult life, my relationships. And, you know, you like surrender and going into flow and, and, and having that fem, inner feminine <laughs> beast. <laughs> I was all beast, okay. no inner feminine. Okay. I was all like control the outcome. I got to do, you know, uh, but it was a survival skill. It yeah. was that codependency coping strategy. And so, yeah, that, that definitely it leaves a mark and impacts us in the way that we're, and it's not for poor me. Like a lot of people don't want to look back and revisit that kind of stuff. Cause they're like, thank God that's over. But again, it's yesterday's smoldering coals or today's fire. And if you're not where you want to be in your life, there's a reason for that. Yep. Always. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, I caught myself the other day and that's something I still work on. And most of our listeners here are, you know, entrepreneur women. These are executive women. When I first started, we had over half my clients were attorneys, right? Like these are powerful women who are in a very masculine industry, a lot of them. And I think that's why they're attracted to me, but even myself, sometimes, you know, this is a journey that we're on. I noticed that, you know, I'm not so much the go, 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 the do, do, do anymore. I know how to surrender and receiving because of inner feminine beast in the balance, but there is that control factor where you're the boss. We are often the boss of our businesses, of our employees. A lot of us have children, so we're the boss there too. And then we ended up accidentally bringing in this controlling factor into our personal lives where it's like, I'm the one that makes all the plans. Like the weekend has to go this way and I pick where I'm going to go. And like, we often, you know, create these issues of bringing control into everyday life. So how do you like suggest to our listeners, because that's probably a big topic for them is to release some of that control, learn how to let go, allow other people to surprise you and to like sweep you off your feet, like actually be feminine and not necessarily constantly feel like you have to have this control for the reason we want to be in control is because we like being in control, which means that we, um, it's up to us. Like we can trust on us. We know we're not a gamble, you know, but well, that's it. It's, it's a trust issue. It's a trust yeah. issue. I mean, at the end of the day, the most misunderstood concept in the planet, as far as relationships goes, is masculine and feminine energy. Yes. Traditionally, we think masculine energy is super strong. It is get the job done. It's aggressive. It's dominant. It's assertive. And feminine energy yes. is vulnerable, is submissive, 
is, mm-hmm. is sweet. It's like, I'm going to tell you something. Feminine energy is the most powerful energy that there is. It's the energy of creation. It is the womb energy. Yep. It is the fire. Everything happens there. So what we're doing for the powerful women, and I know women are attracted to you because you're in your power. I'm in my power. Power attracts power. But if we want to be the most powerful version of ourselves, don't we want to incorporate creation? And creation is the feminine energy. Somebody explained it to me like this one day. The feminine is the vision. The feminine energy is a visionary. She's the big picture. The masculine is the penis power rowing the boat. You want to be the penis power rowing the boat. Okay. I said penis on your show. Do you want to be rowing the boat? (laughs) You want to be the visionary and the feminine, the feminine houses, the feminine brings life. The feminine can do everything on its own. It can do everything on its own. It can feed children, house them. I mean, in many cases, even if you don't have children, right, it's still the epicenter of creation. Exactly. So masculine energy is such a lame attempt at power. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like kindergarten. Why would we want to, that's like, that's the bare minimum. Feminine is where all of, and now it's collaboration with the universe. It's not submission to my husband. It's submission to my creator, my wisdom counsel, my, you know, my guides, my, whatever it is that we believe in. It's like, we've got this instead of I've got this. Yeah. Masculine says, I've got this. Feminine says, let's go. Masculine says, I'm going to go. We go. Yeah. I mean, how limited is I go versus we go? Let's go. Yes. Law of correspondence as above, so below. And if you realize that you're taking control in a lot of areas of your life, whether it's your personal relationships, your business, whatever it is, you can see a mirror effect of what you're doing here in the physical. It's exactly how you're treating your relationship in the spiritual. If you're looking to manifest, if you're looking to bring things here into the physical form, you need to not understand that you have no control. Like it is not up to you. You need to be in alignment in your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Yes. But that does not mean taking control. That means allowing yourself to be in that flow state of discipline and surrender. They are both equally important. And we're not saying that masculine is negative or bad. Okay. It's equally as important, but it's like, we constantly focus on masculine and we're not focusing on the feminine. And when you have the feminine, you allow yourself to be swept off your feet. You allow yourself to be the prize. You allow yourself to be able to receive the things you want. And I think that's so important. It's not through control. And that's in, I'm telling you in business school in working with my previous careers and all of these people, the go, 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 the do, 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 we have to come up with the numbers. We have to hit this. We have to make sure that that's literally not how it works. You yeah. can't even think to fathom the sea of possibilities. Well, Wu Wei is in the middle. So, you know, we, we want to tell people, do, do your masculine, be in your feminine, but be in the middle. The middle way is the zone of genius. Yeah. It is the, the, I'm in balance. It's what the, it's what, it's what Yoda uses. It's the force. Okay, I love that she brought force, up Yoda. The force is the feminine beast. The force is Wu Wei. Yeah. The chi is Wu Wei. The Holy Spirit is Wu Wei. It's yeah. all that middle between I'm completely balanced human and I'm not dominant in either or. And I can flow like the figure eight, like the infinity symbol in between both these energies and be flexible and fluid like the willow tree. I'm rooted in who I am and I'm like bending in the wind. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is the balance. I could talk about this. All I know. Me too. Well, that's yeah. why I'm so big on meditation because it's not just when you're sitting there, you know, legs crossed or sitting in your goddess chair and closing your mind. 
I want you to be in a meditative state when you're walking around so that you can stop labeling and start observing and stop judging, but start loving and seeing things as God does as unconditional, not like good or bad. And when you can see it and be neutral, you will see doors open up that have always been there. But now you can see them clearly because you're not looking with blinders about where things have to be or how they're supposed to be. It's in that neutrality while you depolarize. That's where all your power is. It's when the masculine meets the feminine that the most amazing thing in life is created. And as women, like, obviously it's a baby, right? But I mean, that's how we manifest too. We literally in our bodies have portals to the universe. Like souls come through our bodies. Like we can manifest anything. Like, think about that. Yeah, (laughs) You can't make a hundred grand, but you can produce a human. Like, of course you can. (laughs) That's the easy part. Yes, and exactly. So I don't want to get too off topic because we can talk about masculine feminine all day. But um, I would definitely love... um, so we were talking about the, um, you know, growing up with somebody with addiction. So how do you, um, help your clients in particular with this subject? Well, I give them everything they need to know. You know, I give them everything they need to know because I feel like knowledge really is power. And when we're going around half cocked, not really fully even understanding addiction and how it happens, we can't help but personalize it. We think if they loved us more, you know, if we did the right thing, we could change it if we just do this one more thing. And so, I mean, I've been doing that work for the last 10 years and, you know, thousands of people have come through and they all have the same questions. What's helping, what's hurting, how do I navigate this? What's a boundary, what's recovery? I mean, really it's a process of just giving them all the tools, all the resources, and then that emotional support. You know, even if somebody gets better, there's still a lot of pain there. There's, there's shrapnel. You can't go to the person who caused the pain to heal the pain. And that's what a lot of people do. So it's really important that people are getting support, that they're being heard. You know, there are a lot of uh, resource groups like Al-Anon and things like that for families to go to, Alateen, which are beautiful. But my clients come to me because they actually like that direction. They want me to tell them what to say. They want to know exactly how do I handle this. And so, you know, I'm there. I'm available for those in the moment kind of life or death scenarios where everything's on the line. You know, in a, in a functioning relationship, we're like, are we going to make up in the morning? In a dysfunctional, toxic, addicted relationship, you're thinking, are they going to die tonight? Yeah. These are very different circumstances, right? So, the urgency is there. So what I give them is just everything they need, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this about me personally, but I love um, being vulnerable. I love being open. I like to lead by example and let people know like you're not alone. Um, But this is something that is very close to me and my family. So it's through marriage, but I mean, um, I was 15 when this person came into our life and it was, you know, a, a soldier who came back for more and, you know, PSTD, like, really got involved with, um, Percocets and painkillers. And it just took over our life, our family. Um, so many things were stolen left and right. My engagement ring went missing, you know, my family's collections, like, and it's this thing that we kind of hid from everyone. And instead of, you know, addressing it, everyone wanted to cover it up and, and make it not known. And so the fact that there is someone like you that can help people through this is the most beautiful thing, because I know having a coach personally, I will always have one having a mentor helped me to become my inner friend of beast and has helped me to get to the level of success that I'm at. And I think that you being here, I can tell you're doing God's work 
It's so like, it's so clear to me that you're helping so many people. You're shining your light. You're creating a ripple effect. You're leaving a legacy. And I just think it's beautiful to, you know, have you here and be part of, you know, our society, our group and and helping people. So I love what you're saying that too, because I'll tell you what, a lot of people misunderstand addiction still. And they picture like the skid row person that's homeless. And sometimes people do go homeless. That does happen in all families. But it is your doctor. It is the lawyer. It is the principal's you know, child. It is the uh, multimillionaire. Uh, these are my clients. So you know, I've helped. I'm, I've helped homeless too. Don't get me wrong. I do not discriminate. I go water flows to the low places. I go everywhere. I need to go to help people right heal. But so many people come to me that are super successful, and there's this desire to, or the, like, not let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Who do you tell? You know, so many of my clients are at the corporate event and like they're worried their husband, they're like, you know, getting them out of there before. And some of even the people at the corporate events are drinking so much wine and they're trying not to pregame and they're having issues around their drinking yeah. or their use, you know, and wondering a lot of the times the highly successful people who end up over medicating, drinking or taking medication are medicating codependents oh, yeah. and they're super successful. So I want to throw that out there. I myself am sober 10 years. I was highly successful, multi-million dollar companies running them business. I used to do business development exclusively before I did this work. And, you know, I just go into companies that were struggling, fix them, take them over. And I was making millions of dollars for these companies. And then I was drinking so much. I couldn't remember my name, waking up, (laughs) putting on my pencil skirt, walking into the corporate office with my Louis Vuitton. (laughs) And, you know, it was a joke. I mean, because I was medicating codependence. I was medicating this forever empty and there wasn't enough wine in the world because it wasn't what I really wanted or needed. I have several multi seven figure friends who are completely sober. Um, Because what happens is the more and more that you rise up, the more that you're, you're alone. There's not as many people to talk to and, and people can come like be involved in the same kind of conversation or high level thinking. And so they have something, a crush, something to depend on. And I also remind you, um, before I got started in all of this and business coaching and and online sales and, um, spiritual success too, I came from the bourbon world. I was a state (laughs) manager for Jim Beam the second largest supplier in the world. And, you know, it was a beautiful, fun, sexy thing. When I was 23 years old, I got a little bit older, had children and realized there's a lot of adultery that is happening. There's so much addiction. I would go check in on accounts 10 o'clock in the morning before they even opened. There was people lined up waiting to get their lottery tickets and their big beer. Like it's just how it was. And Mm -hmm. I realized like I need to create boundaries, even in this thing that I went to school for and worked years on to become number one at this is not healthy for me. And I need to stop with that. So, and you know, what's interesting. Um, I am a certified sommelier. I do enjoy my glass of wine here and there. I'm very honest about that, but I actually go through spurts where I go completely sober for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, right now, for instance, I'm on, I don't count the days, but this is the like three and a half weeks in where nothing, nothing, because I need the clarity. I need the focus and I need to make sure never I'm relying on something for support. Like my glass of wine in the evening is not something that needs to become a subconscious habit. I need to be aware of that. And I think that's really important to, you know, address and talk about. So well, food, Amazon, (laughs) I mean, we could do this all day, right? But if we're medicating, a lot of people come in and they want to say, I want to look at my wine or I want to look at my shopping or, and what we find out is underneath of that is this, if we can get to the root, root issue, then that kind of, that stuff kind of takes care of itself, you know, and we're not struggling to, to be sober or not drink, or it's miserable, or, you know, we're, we're happier, healthier human beings, you know, a lot, a lot of us. 
we're, you know, I'm going rogue and um, I, I know we have uh, time to be concerned of, but since we're talking about addiction, I, you know, people forget that work is an addiction yeah, and that people in our society, I feel like very often defines it as like a positive, positive addiction. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's a hustler. Like she's like, she's a killer. She's slaying all day. And the reward, like the amount of time and effort that goes into something um, as like what is needs to be done in order to be successful. But really it is just another addiction. It's, yeah. you know, and I notice when I stop wine, sometimes I'm like, I'm working more and I'm like, nope, more boundaries, keep them <laughs> in place, like keep your standards. Um, and that's important too. So I'd love for you to talk about that or how, what do you notice about people who are, you know, hustlers? It's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. In fact, now listen, we, we, we've got to fill the void with something. Okay. So are there helpful addictions? Sometimes it's, it's a problem if it's a problem. All right. So, you know, I, I don't want to make a problem out of nothing. Lots, lots of people love to work and make no, pol- you know, that's just the way that they are. And they, they love that and get satisfaction. But if it starts to create an issue, other people are tapping on the shoulder and saying, Hey, we're over here. Hey, yeah. it seems like you're fully obsessed over here, you know, and, and your relationships are showing reflecting back. It's an issue. Then I'd say, yeah, it's something to look at, but I could substitute. We like to think something's better or worse than another addiction. At least it's not the, the big H, you know, or at least it's not something else. Like I'm not that bad, but yeah. it's all the same. It's all the same. Amazon. Okay. You know, I don't want to say too many words on your show. That's going to be like, what's this podcast about? <laughs> but, you know, Karina, can we edit uh, my cackling out from earlier? <laughs> Just you know, so it's like, uh, but it's all the same because it's all this medic. It's all self-medicating. Um, but usually that's not the problem. That's the solution to the thing that we're medicating. So we just have to figure out. And so people don't want to, sometimes we don't want to look at that. You know, if we make a certain level of success, I know for me, I had all the markers and I, and that's a typical had it all lost at all. It's the typical, but I lost it all because I was a binge drinker, self-sabotage with a self-destruct button the size of Texas. And I would kept blowing myself up and rising up like the Phoenix and blowing up and rising up like the Phoenix. And I didn't know how to just stop hurting myself by blowing things up, you know, and I was overwhelmed hotel rooms. I would go to two cities a, a week be on an airplane four times a week, go to different countries, spend months in another country by myself, building other people's empires. Yeah. You know, because I, I was hustling for value. And I think the workaholism is different than alcoholism. And the fact where workaholism, you can be so proud of me, but that's it. They're all both a whole one coping mechanism is not caring and one, another one is caring, over caring and trying to look, you know, trying to check out or trying to like achieve more and more and more and more and more. They're both the same problem. 100%. I, um, you know, a lot of um, alcoholism in my family. And there's been times that I have to like watch myself and be careful, especially with that background that I was in. It was, you would go to an account and you sample things and you have to do it with, you know, the person, like, that's how you create the bonding. Like, that's the thing to do to make the sale. Like that's not healthy or okay. But then I remember, you know, too, I remember working for my previous employer and just like, 
up till two in the morning, sometimes starting my day at six. And I remember my son's like coming to me and be like, mommy, do you love us? Like all you do is work. And like, I realized like, I thought I was doing it to be proud and help. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. These are just the stories that were told herself to be all in, to be like, you know, to com- like lead with conviction and do all these hard things and dominate and like, and go, go, go. It doesn't have to be that way. I just love that. Something I think we're in drive to help women not to be successful. We have the most successful month ever in our business. Sorry. I'm tuning my horn for a second. We're celebrating like crazy. The biggest cash month we're on path to be at a hundred thousand dollars, like cash, like, and, and we're so excited. And honestly, it wasn't from launching and, and doing this and doing that. It was from being in the receptive mode and, and showing up and being open to receiving and having God as my business partner. It was not from going. Right. And I feel like he laughs at me sometimes. Like when I push really hard, it never works out. It's when I'm like really enjoying the process that it does. So that is my mission. I, it's very clear what your mission is. And I'm so happy and grateful that you're here sharing that. I'm guaranteed that everyone listening is like, all right, how do I follow her? Where's the best place to go? How do I learn about her coaching? So um, definitely tell them about your YouTube. We'll post all these links here and make it available for everybody, but tell them about your YouTube and where else you'd like them to follow you. So YouTube is a great place. If you love to like, I'm a YouTube person. I want to search and watch. So it's just, it's love coach Heidi on YouTube and just search it out, subscribe. We've, you know, every single Wednesday we do a live stream in there. We have a topic of the week and we do a video and a live stream. So you can interact over there. Lovecoachheidi.com is a place where you can request a private consultation and check out some of the programs and offerings that we have. But the best thing to do is to really just jump on a call and see um, what the best, what your situation is and what the best strategy would be. Cause everybody's not the same. Yeah. And uh, if they just want to connect and build a relationship even more and get to know me, Facebook is a great place to do that. I have a private group that is called Addiction, Codependency, and Toxic Relationship Recovery. You can request to join that. I post in there every week, plus my five other coaches that I've certified and, and all these modalities are posting in there. So much support in there. Um, so that's the three best ways. I love that. So we'll make sure ladies who are watching this in the Facebook group, we will put those links available here with this video. And then if you're listening to the podcast, they will be below in the description of this as well. So Heidi, thank you for being here with us today. I really love this. This was super fun. And for everybody listening, acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Bye everybody. Hey, successful soul, before you head to the next episode of Spiritual Success, be sure to come join me and other like-minded entrepreneurs and business professionals in my Facebook group called Spiritual Success Sorority. Everyone is welcome. And if you're loving the show, you're going to love the group even more. There, I'll be engaging with you weekly in live shows, listening to your input for new weekly topics, and hosting exclusive workshops for members only. So if you're looking to really up-level your financial and personal success, meet me on over in the Spiritual Success Sorority Facebook group. See you on the inside.